politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen to the one and only CR podcast here back in my house on Friday, February 12th. And folks, this has been an exhilarating week being out with some of you guys here in Front Sight, Nevada. It has truly been an honor, a milestone of my life to finally meet some of this terrific audience. What a bunch of godly people, lots of homeschoolers we met out there. I mean, if there was ever a better setting to meet your audience, I could not have envisioned it for even a day. Shooting together with the best instructors, the best training, beautiful weather we had there out in the desert. It truly was Liberty's Sanctuary. (laughs) That's really what it was. Um, Hundreds of people we had out there with Rick Green and Patriot Academy. Uh, We learned about the Constitution at night. Uh, I spoke a little bit a couple nights, and Rick gave his lectures, which are really terrific, great history, um, great understanding of the Constitution. During the day, they were very long days. We we shot together, uh, trained together. We had so many people who never picked up a firearm in their lifetime. I was actually shocked at how many of you guys, conservatives, believe in the Second Amendment, but never actually bothered to either own a gun or, if you did, to train properly. This is the way to do it. So... I am not going to come out next time. I have family obligations, but there is a class March 21st and March 25th, two-day and four-day classes. I do recommend the four-day unless you can't get away for that long. I'll be back for the May 30th class. You could check out all these dates at constitutioncoach.com, and you could... Really, any question you have, let me know if you have questions. But yes, you guys should be jealous that you didn't come to this training because it was, uh, let me tell you, you cannot get better desert weather than that. It is going to get hotter next time, but it certainly is worth it. Uh, We had, you know, just 14, 15, 17 year old girls that never picked up a firearm. And one of them, I think, graduated with a, you know, it's called a DG, Distinguished Graduate, had a perfect score, very, very difficult time test, uh, shooting to the chest and the head at 7 yards and 10 yards, 15 yards. It was a lot of fun. It really was. We strategized together. And I'm going to be talking about this in the coming days, our Constitution Action Network, conaction.network. From everything I'm seeing that I missed over the over the past week, there really is a need for state-based pressure groups that will really strike at a minute's notice, just like Minutemen, and direct attention to the issues that need focus, direct the pressure to the people who need to be pressured, because obviously what we're doing is not working. It's not working at all. And that's why this show is going to become a lot more than just entertainment or even information, but a movement. We're creating a new movement. So we're going to pair you in state-based teams. 
it was so heartening to find all these people in the audience that are very talented and have different skills coming over to me and offering and volunteering their time and resources to put together a better website, which we're going to update over time and help coordinate things. Because this is what we need. We're lacking a movement that has a narrative, that has a focus, that has an agenda. Every day, we're basically like balloons being pushed in the wind with it blowing in only one direction inexorably towards tyranny. I'm not going to get into impeachment that much just simply because I've missed, missed so much of it and everyone else is covering that. And frankly, for the most part, it's a distraction, even though we're getting killed on it. But the reason we're getting killed is because we haven't had a narrative. There's tons of COVID fascist news, and we're going to have a special guest on today to discuss some of the latest, latest research, the latest lies. But the bottom line is, it boils down to you and me. We have to say no. Yes, I am more pumped up now that I had to fly hearing in the airport every minute a new federal law, when there's no federal law, and even if there would be a federal law, forcing everyone to wear a mask above the age of two, it would be unconstitutional. So our job headed forward is in the 31 legislatures that Republicans control, we need to say, you will not do this. The crimes against humanity stop here. That's what needs to happen. Now, yes, we're going to talk about data and information. We'll have on Dr. Andy Bostom in a couple minutes. But for the most part, it's got to be a political, legal pressure focus. We have more data and information on this virus than any policy issue ever. Yet the more they are debunked, the more their idols are slayed, the more they use that to create new idols. Well, because the first ones didn't work. All the while getting away with the perfidy on the first go-around so they could use it against us the second go-around. But I just want to say a brief word on impeachment. The reason why this looks like a one-sided fight where it's just this laser focus on how much did Trump incite this murderous riot? The reason we have this is because Republicans failed for the entire year to drive a narrative on rioting that was a million times greater and speaking about all the dest destruction. Instead, you had even, you know, Kim Reynolds, the Iowa governor, who is one of the better governors grading on a curve, meeting with BLM and letting felons vote after the meeting because BLM is the GOP think tank. And a lot of people are talking about the Lincoln Project and their pedophilia. It's, it's funny how the left always gets into that. But the entire GOP is one big Lincoln Project. They're all like that. So I'm glad they were exposed, but the entire GOP is like that. But my point is, you can't have a boxing match where one guy is going to tie their hands behind their back and never punch and hope to duck and weave sway against the punches 
You might be able to successfully do that one or two times, but you're going to get hit. The best defense is a good offense. So we've allowed them to seize the mantle of law and order and against rioting because we never talked about what their side did. If we would have publicized all of Andy Noe's work, for example, on BLM and Antifa, we would be able to indict every single sitting Democrat member for inciting a much greater riot. Just how great is this two-tier justice system that we don't speak of? Think about this. You know, we're used to talking about how BLM basically, you know, everything they do, they skate away pretty much untouched. They don't get arrested. If they do, they don't get prosecuted. They get released without bail. Well, meanwhile, we have county commissioners at the Capitol. They weren't necessarily doing anything wrong, charged with trespassing, when even then it's a very nebulous charge, given the circumstance. And they are being held without bail. But it's worse than that. Did you see the story that John Sullivan, the BLM guy that was right next to Ashley Babbitt when she got shot, Still no one has an explanation for that mighty strange coincidence. Turns out this guy was released without bail, even though he was smashing the windows of the speaker's lobby. The first group, you know, breaking in. And he violated the terms of his release without bail. And of course... He wasn't locked up. And he's not going to be sent back to jail, even though he violated the terms of his pretrial release orders. So we have in the so-called great right-wing riot, the one guy who actually rioted, but was really a BLM guy, gets released without bail while a county commissioner who is an elected Republican is still held in jail today, a month later, for untrespassing charges. So we don't even need to compare BLM rioting to this. We could look at a BLM rioter at the supposed right-wing riot. If that doesn't tell you the truth, I don't know what does. But folks, this is why I need your help. This show is like no other show. We're going to focus on the issues that matter, but we're also going to gather the audience into groups, strike force teams, to focus on what we can do in the red states to make them red again. That's going to be our first goal. Nullifying all of Biden's orders. Ending COVID fascism. Pushing self-defense and patriot defense teams and militias that will be together with the local sheriff, something we spoke about on Monday's show with Sheriff Mark Lamb. A lot of good ideas we have. But I need you guys to support our sponsors as well. Those of you who were at the training noticed I had some cool holsters and gun belts. 
And I think now that you've gone through the training, and those of you who haven't, you're going to need it when you sign up for the March or May trainings. And you certainly need it for home defense, certainly, certainly for concealed carry. People don't focus on the gun belts and the holsters enough. They really don't. Your entire shot, the speed and accuracy, begins with a proper draw, and a proper draw begins with a safe and sturdy gun belt and holster. And fortunately, prices have not gone up on gun apparel like they have with ammo. So if you're looking for the perfect accessory to go along with that perfect firearm and get an American-made holster, join my friends at We The People Holsters to get a holster for just 40 bucks. They're all custom-made. They fit exactly to your firearm. Thousands of different models inside the waistband, outside the waistband. Um, every aspect of it is adjustable. So go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR. And while you're there, by the way, check out their cool printed hoodies, long sleeve shirts, and their new EDC tactical gun belt, which comes paired with their patented Cobra buckle. Again, you need a stable belt. Don't, don't, don't go cheap on that, although their prices are really good. Every holster and gun belt comes with a lifetime guarantee, full refund. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR. Get additional $10 off with the offer code CR, wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CR. So yeah, we're going to have that and other really good um, gun advertisers as well, gun apparel. Th- this is where it's at, folks. <laughs> you have nobody to defend but yourselves. And um, really looking forward to the next training. But anyway, back on to this. I just wanted to close the loop and say this is why Republicans have no narrative. I said from day one, they should have just stood up as a Senate Republican caucus. Now, they're all a bunch of leftists, but if they would be normal, they'd stand up and say, no, he's not even president. This is ridiculous. The FBI said this was planned. He had nothing to do with it. Let's talk about indicting all of you for BLM and Antifa, and I wouldn't even show up because there is no purpose to showing up to that show trial. And then I would focus on the real trial that needs to occur, which is a Nuremberg-like indictment of all those people that have locked down Americans, masked children, and people with disabilities For a lie, an utter lie. There's so much news on this stuff. It's so hard going away for a week. We miss this all. But I want to just share with you just one aspect of this. A a beautiful editorial written. It's not a a study or a paper. It's just an editorial for the BMJ, the British Medical Journal. Because, of course, only in Europe do they have people speaking the truth, not in America. History is littered with examples of the atrocities which ensue when doctors abandon their traditional principles and judgment in favor of unquestioning subversive sub- subservience to government dictate, medical involvement in torture, human experimentation, and psychiatric punishment of political dissidents being familiar examples. Abbasi, this is he's the editor of um, BMJ, takes an axiomatic. It, it takes as ax- axiomatic that there was no prior immunity to the population, that lockdowns are effective, 
that computer modeling is realistic, that statistics have been accurate, and that WHO statements are reliable. All of these parameters have been widely challenged by knowledgeable and conscientious researchers whose findings were often disregarded, censored, or vilified. From a medical perspective, it was clear early on in the crisis that disregarding clinical acumen in favor of blind obedience to abnormal ventilation measures, reliance on an unsuitable laboratory test for diagnosis and management, and abandoning the duty of care to elderly hospitalized patients and those awaiting diagnosis and treatment of serious diseases would create severe problems down the line. Doctors who had empirically found effective pharmaceutical remedies and preventative treatments were ignored or worse, denigrated or silenced. Information regarding helpful dietary supplements were suppressed. This was further compounded by rule changes to death certification, coroner's instructions, autopsy guidelines, DNR notices, and the cruel social isolation policy enforcement regarding family visits to the sick and dying. When medical professions allow themselves to be manipulated by corrupt politicians and influenced by media propaganda instead of being guided by their own ethical principles and common sense based on decades of clinical experience, the outlook becomes very bleak indeed. Historically, public respect for and trust in doctors has exceeded that awarded to politicians. The unquestioning capitulation of medicine to an authoritarian, executive, and predatory corporate power may have undermined the doctor-patient relationship for a generation. So they're focused really just on the doctor angle, and that's a whole thing in itself, how the medical profession just literally just, it would be the equivalent of engineers just beginning to build faulty bridges because that's what looks cool. It's unbelievable what has happened. We need a Nuremberg-like trial. We need, you know what we need? We need impeachment. In every state where there's a Republican governor that supports lockdown, which is most of them, they need to be impeached for denying 10 months worth of evidence that everything they were doing was only killing more people from COVID, certainly from other things, and saving nothing. This needs to be the narrative. But Republicans have no narrative other than playing defense on whatever Democrats throw at them. Which is why I always say that having the Republican Party is worse than nothing because they serve as a false flag, a punching bag through which Democrats could shield themselves from the blame that they deserve for the policies that they are successfully implementing but doing under the color of Republicans because they agree with them. This is getting really annoying that there is nobody standing up for us. So we're going to talk about in the coming days how to organize you know, pushes for, for legislation, nullifying Biden's orders, the mask mandate, the COVID fascism, assaults on free speech, litigation strategies. I need you lawyers in this audience to help put together this team. So there's a lot going on on all fronts, but certainly on the COVID fascism front. So, folks, when it comes to the COVID fascism, look, I am not going to be able to make up all of the missed news. There is so much absurdity going on at every front. Just know that every premise you're hearing that is buttressing the movement towards perpetual tyranny, 
perpetual movement, per- perpetual, uh, really just shutdown, lockdown, masking, that is all built on a lie. Whether it's the asymptomatic spread, whether it's there's no natural immunity, it is all a lie. The variants, and we're going to get to that with our special guest. But I just want you guys to see clearly that it actually is in perpetuity and it's not going away. The CEO of Johnson & Johnson, he said on Tuesday that we might need to be vaccinated several times a year against COVID. Okay, so you could already tell because notice the vaccine has not made a dent in the tyranny. If anything, they've gotten more tyrannical and now they're on to this double masking, which we thought was a parody, but they're really serious about it. So it's not going away. Okay, that is that is clear. And then you got Fauci. Fauci says that at this particular time, and this is a quote, we're not certain if vaccination is going to protect you from getting infected, but showing no symptoms. So now what they're doing is, end quote, by the way, what they're doing is basically tethering their first lie to their latest lie. So they say asymptomatic spread like crazy. I mean, no nuance to their statement. Despite 10 months worth worth of studies and decades worth of experience, as Fauci himself said, that they don't drive the epidemic. No, it drives it so much that even if you're vaccinated, you can get get an asymptomatic version. And then that will obviously perpetuate and exacerbate that could that the epidemic forever. Notice how this virus works out to be so quirky and funny that on the one hand, their stuff works just enough to be an impetus to lock down your life and control you, but not quite enough to work. Because if it worked, then it, there would be an endpoint. This is my thing. I understand a big part of the country bought into this and they're a bunch of communists. But in the 31 states where there are GOP legislatures, this should be a non-starter. And beginning next week with our conaction.network, we're going to be talking about getting together our Liberty Strike Force teams to actually force these governors and legislators to take back the power, or in some cases, to strip the power away from the governors, and actually... Move towards sanity. Now, we're going to have our special guest today to talk about this and more. But first, I just want to introduce a very special, very special sponsor here, Raycon. Now, folks, we all need to be unplugged. It was amazing to be unplugged for an entire week. God knows what sort of disabilities I'm going to have from all the time I spend reading and writing at a screen very, really very intensely every day, every week. I get headaches all the time. The best thing you can do is move off the screen as much as possible. And that's why I want to introduce you to Raycon wireless earbuds. Whether you're catching up on your favorite podcast, you're tuning into CR podcast on iTunes, binging on an audiobook, or powering through your workout with a pumped-up playlist. A pair of Raycons in your ears can make all the difference. Move it to audio and use Raycon. No dangling wires or stems to get in your way, get caught in the machine. Raycons come in a range of stylish colorways, but also with a very comfortable in-ear fit. 
for a more discreet look. I always have trouble getting things in my ear like for video and TV. This stuff really works and fits on me. The best part, Raycon makes great sound accessible to everyone with wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. So go to Raycon's right now. They are offering a 15% off discount to my listeners. If you go to Raycon.com slash conservative, that's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order every one of their products, so feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash conservative, buyraycon.com slash conservative. Now, it's been a couple months since we had Dr. Andy Bostom on the show. If you are not following him on Twitter, you are missing a lot of good research at Andrew Bostom, B-O-S-T-O-M, on Twitter. He's an academic medical researcher as well as an associate professor of family medicine at Brown University. And he is going to shoot down like a bunch of clay pigeons, one COVID lie after another. Dr. Bostom, thanks so much for joining us again today. Yeah, well, there's a lot of clay pigeons, and I'm not sure which one to start with. Um, But let's first start off with what I just see you really your latest tweet, I can't even keep up because you're putting out so much good research on natural immunity. So what I've noticed the pattern so far when it comes to COVID is that they posit a certain hypothesis about the virus that is always the most negative. It's always the most tyranny-inducing premise. It always flies in the face of learned experience about a virus but they posit it anyway. Okay, fine. But then we start going through life with the virus for enough weeks and months to then study the fact that the original research was correct and their novel hypothesis was incorrect, and they still continue pushing it and still continue remaking life and formulating policies based on an assumption that's that's basically refuted by all the research. So one of them is the natural immunity. They're like, well, it's a new virus. Who knows? Maybe you can get it 100 times over and over again. So don't think you're immune to it. But we already have months worth of studies on this. Where are we in terms of natural immunity? Well, so so what, what I had just tweeted out was something that I found was a very, very interesting um, rapid communication early report from Israel based on their uh, now, you know, burgeoning experience with the, um, with the Pfizer mRNA vaccine uh, administration uh, protocols. And, and um, I, I just, I just thought it was, it was really interesting because, uh, you know, in, in a, in a, in a staid way, um, they, they reconfirmed again, as, as, as you mentioned, um, just sort of traditional classical immunology. So basically what they found then is that there were, um, and, and I don't know if this might have been somewhat inadvertent or, you know, n- maybe in c- cases was deliberate. They actually wound up vaccinating uh, people who who had who had been exposed clinically to COVID. Um, and then and then they looked at this small subgroup of of, uh, of individuals. Um, and what they found was that after the now, now typically the way the Pfizer uh, mRNA vaccine is administered and the Moderna as well. Is you get you get an initial shot and then you require a booster three weeks later. So it's a two-shot protocol. What they what they found in this small sample, again, it's a very small subsample of people who'd been exposed, is that when they got the initial shot, 
they got they got a huge booster like effect. Now it doesn't even go on to explain whether they gave them the second shot. But the point that these researchers made, and it's appropriate, and I applaud them for doing so, is that, well, wait a minute. These, guys, these people had, had barely detectable uh, antibody levels from their own recovery uh, of the infection. Some dated back 10 months. And, and yet they got this robust response. And, and they said, well, this is more evidence of a prolonged natural immune reaction where they're, they're now what are called memory B cells, likely kicked in, stimulated you know, by, the, by the first vaccination without requiring a, the booster shot. And they said that this is not only evidence that the immunity is long lasting, or at least out to 10 months, but that, but that you know, in, in areas of the world where there's a limit on the supply of vaccine, that, that previously clinically infected people, good, good documentation that they at least had an infection at one point, in the absence of having lingering levels of antibodies, still should not be a priority for vaccination if vaccinated at all. I mean, so this was a this was a very nice report, and it and it reviews a lot of these principles, alluding to what you were saying. And they didn't even get into the issue of uh, even longer lasting T cell immunity, which we know from earlier uh, iterations of of severe acute respiratory virus, um, not not SARS-CoV-2, but SARS-CoV-1. Uh, and then the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, we can go back to SARS-CoV-1 from around 2003, and studies of some of those patients show that they still have T-cell uh, immunity r- responses when, when studied appropriately in the laboratory. So, you know, it, 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 you're absolutely right that, that the idea that, that, that somehow this virus is so different that you're not going to get traditional immune responses, both cell-mediated T-cell and, um, and, and, and immune-mediated responses, B-cell, um, is just ridiculous. And, and there's now a, a, a gamut of studies that, that have shown this in all different kinds of ways. Um, and, and why this, you know, why we have to be, um, in, you know, ever terrorized, whether it's a new variant, I mean, this this very interesting. I was surprised, Dan. The University of Arizona virologist published again another rapid communication, but into the virological literature, showing that you know, wait a minute, this this Kent England variant, the B one point one point seven variant that everyone's you know has been made to be terrorized of, it's coming to the United States. It's been in the United States since November, and and as a matter of fact, what they showed is that. One area of the country, which, by the way, you and I both know is doing very well, um, they've really taken the science to heart, that's, that's Florida under DeSantis, there, B117 um, overwhelmed earlier strains of the virus. I don't know if it's quite yet the predominant strain, but, but in a way where it's a much larger percentage of, of COVID in Florida than it is, for example, in California, where it's also reached, but, but to, it's, it's less predominant. And, and you and I both know that, if anything, Florida's doing a hell of a lot better than California. And regardless, wherever it is in the United States, we are in a very reassuring period of the virus where, you know, likely through seasonality effects, through, through the accumulation of herd immunity, and now also, let's give it some credit, you know, there are, there are burgeoning numbers of people that are being vaccinated. All these things are combining we're we're dropping off a cliff now, thank goodness, in terms of infections, mortality, hospitalizations. We're, we're, we're dropping off of a cliff 
several months into the variants. So again, they keep perpetuating the the, the myth. We, we, we see a virus, asymptomatic spread. We see a virus, no natural immunity. We see a virus, okay, there's variants that are going to be even worse. Okay, now we wait a few months after each claim. And they're wrong in South Africa, in the origin, the country of origin of that variant, cases w- fell off a cliff. In England, they fell off a cliff. And then in Florida, where we're told this this is more deadly and more virulent or potentially more, but yet if Florida has a larger percentage replacement of the main virus with this variant, and they're doing much better than California, and they're not having that many problems there, so then if anything, that should show you you, you don't have to be worried about it, yet Biden's threatening a travel ban and things like that, which is, you know, there's a certain part of it. I'm all, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, 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 what's very interesting is just, just to use open source data on, on South Africa, you mentioned, and, and, and obviously the home of the South African variant. And all I did is use, just look at infections. I, I don't like looking at some of these indices in terms of deaths because, you know, we've talked about this before. They, they stack the deaths. They don't do date of death, et cetera. But infections, all right, they give you a seven-day average. Well, you look at South Africa, again, home, home of the, of the vaunted, you know, South African variant that's supposed to be terrorized about. And I'm reading this very, I'm looking at the data on the one hand, and there was a very nice letter written by a Brit uh, about his experience in South Africa, where, yeah, sure, they, they, they wanted to impose more draconian restrictions. They simply couldn't do it. It's a chaotic place. People do whatever, basically, the heck they want to do. And he's reporting this over the period that I'm looking at the data and it had its seasonal spike and it went down. And he's saying, look, you know, uh, um, uh, this, this, this is happening. And again, I'm looking at the data to verify it in the absence of the ability to to even enforce the non-pharmaceutical interventions in any in any significant way in a chaotic place. It just it just went its way. And I mean, it dropped by about 25, 30 fold. Uh, over the period over the last uh, couple of months or so. So, and that's the South African variant in its, in its, in its native land. So, I mean, yes, it just, it becomes, you know, on the one hand, it's, it's almost comical if it weren't so, so serious, but, you know, I, I, I urge you and your, and your listeners to read what I, I am calling a Jeremiah written and published. Uh, actually, this is quite remarkable in and of itself written and published a short letter to, to the British. Yep, I just journal, read that. Uh, I just read that before a, I brought a, you on. It's amazing. It, it, isn't it? I mean, you know, yes, she 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 just lays it out there and condemns, you know, her colleagues, uh, you, you know, my colleagues uh, for for really, um, you know, perpetuating. I, I just just to quote from she says, when medical professionals allow themselves to be manipulated by corrupt politicians and influenced by media propaganda. Instead of being guided by their own ethical principles and common sense based on decades of clinical experience, the outlook becomes very bleak indeed. I mean, I, I, th- that is the most eloquent and succinct summation of what's happened that I've seen yep. written by a physician. Yep, the last, the last really 10 months or so, but it keeps going on. Let's take this a step further, Dr. Bossel. Let's take it to the next step. All right, so they're they're saying, well... Natural immunity, okay, it might ward off the symptoms and vaccine, but you know, 
It's not complete. You could still get infected and you don't have symptoms. So Fauci's out there and we knew this was going to happen. There's always going to be a way they could keep this going. It's conceivable that I could get vaccinated. I could get infected, but have no symptoms because the vaccine is preventing me from getting symptoms. But I still could have a virus in my in my body in the next couple of months, we're going to be able to prove whether the vaccination actually makes that level of virus so low that you're not going to transmit it. But until we know that. Well, well, fortunately, Dan, yeah. we, ha- we have this mass experiment going on for better or for worse in, in the state of Israel. And actually, there's some data to already address uh, that, that, that question um, in terms, in terms of viral load. And so what, what, uh, and again, there are people who get who get reinfected. Whether it's the window period, you know, if you do if you do an analysis, that's basically like the Moderna Pfizer trial, and you say, oh, okay, well, look, the vaccine works like this: you get a dose, three weeks later you get a boost, or you get a booster dose, and a week after that, th- that's when we first start looking for events going forward. Well, that's not the real world setting, but that is the setting of a clinical trial. And you can actually reimpose that on a data set if you want to. But but even when you don't do that, if you if you do a more real world type controlled situation, you just say, okay, well, I'm going to look at, for example, you know, day zero through 11 and day 12 through 28. Okay, I'm going to say day 12, day 12 through 28, where you're including the period of the booster and a week after that, that should be you know, where, where the vaccine really kicks in. And if it, and it's having this, this wonderful beneficial effect, you should see it, um, you know, using, using the same population compared to itself. It's, it's a different kind of analysis. It's got its own, you know, pitfalls, but at any rate, they looked at the very small percentage of people, actually. Um, I think, I don't know whether you use a Maccabee data or one of the HMOs in Israel. And what they found was that, yeah, there's a very small percentage of people who get, who get reinfected. But when you look at their viral loads uh, using quantitative you know, PCR testing, it, the, those that get reinfected versus they do have some still, guys, they're running out of people that aren't vaccinated in Israel, but they still have some people who are infected naturally over the period of time who had not been uh, vaccinated. The, the 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 viral load in those that were that were infected after being vaccinated. Um, so in in one sense they're unsuccessful. You know they they were they were order of magnitude lower than the viral loads in the people who just got a naturally acquired infection as best they could match for age and and location et cetera. So again this 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 is these are the kinds of real world data. Um, that fly in the face of this of this hysteria mongering of people like Fauci. When people <clears throat> are vaccinated, even the, the small percentage, and it's 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 like one percent or so that they're seeing now in Israel. Um, it, it, you know, if you if you if you look at the data coming out of the HMOs, th- that small percentage that that can get reinfected, whether it's because they got infected early before the vaccine really had a chance to to generate its immune response, or it just didn't work well in them. They they still get benefit in terms of having lower viral loads of the virus than than people who weren't vaccinated or people who didn't have natural immunity. I I, I mean, you know, it, it's just it's it's unbelievable. It's 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 as if they stack the lies one after another to to disorient people. And and it's 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 it, it, it's horrible. They, they do they do, and they're so illogical. 
I don't, I don't know what to do because there's the first half of it, which is like you're saying, whether it's even a problem, I know they make up a problem, and then it's whether their solution would even help. And then that's, that's the second half of it. So because they believe that you could always infect other people, well, therefore you have to wear a mask. And we're like, well, what do you mean? We've been wearing it for 10 months so, so this is what I wanted to get to. So I was having a good time this week. I, I, I was saying to myself, look, I could do this forever. I was out shooting in a, the, the Nevada desert with no cell service for most of the day. And this is great. I come back to my hotel room and my blood pressure goes up again because I see more garbage from the CDC. You know, our buddy Ian Miller, he has owned this mask issue. He has shown in every state and every part of the world how they've had mass mandates like in California forever and the seasonality comes in and it spreads when it spreads and it doesn't when it's not not bound to to spread the mass do nothing if anything every analysis we put together county by county state by state comparison has always seemed to show slightly greater spread where there was a mask mandate you know you do with it what you want but the point is it was clear it doesn't work so i see they have Two studies out, and I want you to talk about both of them. One is 10 states where mass worked from March to October. We have a start point and an end point, and it was down at that end point. It must be the mask. And then number two, well, the mass worked, but then it really didn't work. So therefore, you need two because the one didn't work. It did work, but it didn't work at the same time. So you need two because we put... Yeah, because we put some mannequins on and found that to work. Could you? <laughs> yeah, I, I it, no, it's it, it, no, it really is. The, the, the first one, the, the second one is comical. And, 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 and the punchline is I'll, I'll get to the punchline about how the investigators uh, described the second study. But but, you know, no, the, 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 the first one, the first one is serious. I mean, this is a deliberate attempt uh, to mislead people. Uh, because they're looking at a time period where, you know, given the seasonality, given given the the generation of, of, of some herd immunity in the population to the first wave, it, it, it dropped off. That's the period that they're looking at. And, and, and so the mass mandates stay in place. And then we get the the late fall, early winter seasonal peak, which they which, of course, they conveniently don't have to show those data. I, I mean, that that's just that, that's just that's just almost. You know, almost criminal, and it spread in those very states, and 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 doctor, it spread in those very states where they said it worked. And there's one thing if you say, all right, you get a seasonal spread, but maybe it was milder in the states with masks. No, California went crazy, and Florida, you know, had a, a milder winter curve. Uh, despite not having the mask mandate and all these pictures, everyone's trying to shame them of uh, people without masks. So it's just like, I, I, I mean, what has happened to this entire profession? Well, that's exactly what the what the GP from from uh, from from England was was referring to. Uh, is is that there's there's been I don't know, some of it is some of it is is I, I, I think is that some of the physicians were um, basically as as terrorized as as the general population. Um, and, and of course, you know, then you should, then the natural question is well, why, why, why were they, why were they susceptible, uh, to, you know, to this kind to this kind of fear? Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 it I think it's, 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 it's lack of, of, of proper education. I, I, I mean, people specialize in areas 
Although I have to say, I've been really disappointed uh, seeing um, ID specialists who don't have a basic handle. You know, we're we're very we're, we're part of a group that's very very granular and data driven in, in rational grounds. Um, but I must say that there are a lot of clinical epide- uh, clinical um, infectious disease persons who are, who are doing their best, but but they're not really keeping up with 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 what's actually going on with this, and they're in- incredibly uninformed. It's actually quite frightening. Um, when yeah, it it's shocking how people like me know more than they do. I'm up on the latest research. You're putting it out on online. And, and and the stuff you put out, by the way, it's not right-wing stuff. I mean, with even with all the censorship, if you look at the uh, at the literature on a lot of these premises of natural immunity, the B cells, the T cells, um whether it's asymptomatic spread, the stuff on the variants, it's all mainstream stuff, right? Oh, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming from from uh, you know full publications or 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 pre publications uh, in journals, um, and and it's and it's and it's also coming from from preprints. I mean, but it, but it's yeah, it's it's the formal it's the formal literature. Uh, the the other the other data that 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 you and I and 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 people in rational ground are always referring to are just raw data coming off uh, public health. Uh, uh, Department of Health websites uh, in the various states, or from the CDC itself. So yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you know, again, it's it's nice it's nice to be part of a group that's data driven. And whether the background of these people, like myself, is in is in is in you know medicine and epidemiology, or 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 in finance, but just used to looking at at data, um, it doesn't matter as long as you're comfortable looking at data. And some of the data is, I mean, we're not talking about calculus. We're talking about arithmetic and graphs and, and percentages and, you know, like Ian's lovely graphs. I mean, after all, what are they? You know, there's, a, there's, there's axes for time and axes for, for infections or deaths or whatever. I mean, these are not I mean, we we got them around the neck with California, okay? There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide from their lie. They started, they did it correctly, okay? What we were told, it had to be early and often. They did it March 10th. They started it before anyone. They never really got out of a modified phase one. They did it even through the summer. And, and they did everything you could possibly have. You can't, couldn't find people walking around without a mask, even outside, walking their dog for months. Months on it. So it's not like, well, maybe we didn't do it quickly enough. It was months before the spread. And the winter came, and it spread with a vengeance, worse than elsewhere because they didn't have that initial immunity. And that's it. But they took it a step further. So could you talk about what we thought was just a joke and they were just, you know, it was just kind of a, you know, a parody, the, the mannequin study. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, 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 right. So, so yeah. So I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking, I, I went, I went, you know, I actually, one of our colleagues, Phil Kirpin, you know, made some, some comments about it and, and he extracted some, some, um, some of the, some of the materials from the study but but and he mentioned mannequins and and, and but he didn't have an image. I said, no, he's got to be kidding. And and then so of course I dug up the actual link to the study, opened it up, look, and lo and behold, you have a color picture. It's a, it's a series of three images A, B, C. Um, one is the is the is the patient slash mannequin in supine lying on its back with with a mask on it, and then there's there's a couple of profile views. 
and, and I'm like, what, what is this nonsense? And so, you know, you read the methodology and of course it's absurd. They bombard the, the mannequin and, you know, with, with particles and, and it, it's just, it, 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 it's really idiotic. But then I'm like, okay, all right, so how do they interpret this meaningless experiment that they do on mannequins verbatim? Quote, the findings of these simulations should neither be generalized to the effectiveness of all medical procedure masks or cloth, cloth masks, nor interpreted as being representative of the effectiveness of these masks when worn in real-world settings. And, and you could add in parenthesis by actual people as opposed to mannequins. I, I, I mean, this is right. Re- and, and then, and then they go on to say a ca- another caveat, double masking might impede breathing or obstruct peripheral vision for some wearers. And, and then they say, and nodding and tucking can change the shape of the mask such that it no longer covers fully both the nose and the mouth of persons with larger faces. And, uh, you know, because 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 I guess they found that that to get the two masks to fit onto the mannequin properly, they had to knot it. And, you know, it, 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 if it wasn't such as and then, of course, to add to the absurdity, like you're in a Marx Brothers movie, that the press picks up on this and says, and all they say is CDC recommends two masks. I, I mean, they, of course, they, you know, they, they, they were dealing with with really low intellect people. They don't read studies. They don't do anything. They just run out and say, CDC recommends double masks without, I don't even think they, in many of the reports, didn't even refer to the fact that it was a study in mannequins. Uh, you, you know, all, so, all, all I'm going to tell you is that when I just flew out, I flew out a couple months ago and then just you know came back this week, all of the flight attendants on all the flights I was on, it looked like they were wearing two masks. That's how quickly this virus of misinformation that has a very strong viral load, by the way, um, it just infects all these people. It, it does. And, 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 and that's, I mean, it's, what's funny is I guess all their stuff is true about the mental illness. There really is no cure to it. There's no natural immunity. There's no vaccine. There's no anything. And, and, and where's the safety net? This keeps going on and on. And what's shocking and you know, and we could go on to so many of these subtopics, but I wanted to go on to school children. So there, there is no sphere of this where there is more data and literature than regarding the spread of the virus among children, okay, and school settings. And even then, we still just have a discussion of red zones and and green zones and and orange zones, or it, yeah. And, and by the way, doctor. And and even when they do open, it's all with the mask and the child abuse and this dystopian setup of the classroom that in some ways is more, you know, traumatizing than even closing schools. What's some of the latest research on uh, school transmission? Well, 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 first of all, it's very ominous. I, I, I again, I, I agree. I agree with our colleague Phil Kirpin that if anything and, 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 and maybe maybe this was a trial balloon with the Biden administration sort of released to CBS News, and it's a summary of the pending report. Um, I, hope, I hope it's a trial balloon, because it basically looks like, uh, as, as Bill said, that, that it's going to cause districts that are already open, given, given the caveats you just mentioned, uh, to, to draw back based, based on, these, on these guidelines. Um, my only hope is that everything is dropping like a rock now. 
um, in terms of, of, of infection rates, et cetera. So even these ridiculous benchmarks will be met. But the point is that if you were to apply them right now, according to what Phil is, is saying, it looks like schools that, ha that have advanced in the process, again, it's all a relative process, but they've advanced and they have in-person uh, attendance, some, some of them may be forced to close in-person attendance on the basis of these new guidelines. And, and I think the most powerful study that we have that, that really puts the lie to all this um, is, is, again, a natural experiment in, in North Carolina um, and, and published by, in Pediatrics, which is a preeminent uh, pediatric uh, medical journal, uh, describing the experience um, in, in, a, in um, I think it was uh, 11 areas of, of North Carolina, um, but it was, a, it was a pretty significant uh, uh, sample, as it turned out, 11 face-to-face, -face the fall semester um, uh, districts in North Carolina, uh, more than 90,000 students and staff in total. Uh, they, they, they had a very, overall, the, the total number of community infections in those, in those areas was 773, and yet only 32 out of the 773 infections were in, in the schools during this time period. And so 4% so of the infections were in the school versus 96% that were community acquired. And then this was the money thing, zero. There were zero cases of child-to-adult transmission, which is, of course, what the teachers' unions are yammering about. Zero, zero in a 90,000 uh, sample uh, of, of students and, and, and staff. Um, I, I mean, and, and all it does is, is, is recapitulate the, the earlier experiences from Europe. You know, even, even Sweden, uh, which was open for, for uh, K through, I guess, the late, late middle, middle school or early high school period, at least up to age 16, they went, they went to school face-to-face -face in Sweden. Their teachers were there, zero pediatric death, and uh, the, the infection rate and certainly the morbidity, mortality rate amongst the, the, the teachers was, was actually, if anything, slightly lower than other occupations in the Swedish population. Um, I mean, there, there are all kinds of data. There are data, you know, Norway, when it reopened uh, over the summer and in the fall, uh, found that this was a very low-risk setting. And in Scandinavia, they actually mandate that, that kids not be masked in school because, because they're so imp uh, relatively impervious uh, to, to any sort of serious infection. So this was Norway. That was Norway. That I reckon, but but I think it's it's pretty much a general practice in in Scandinavian countries for kids in school, not to mask. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And and this is the stuff that we're gonna have to take to our school boards, our state legislatures, um, you know, to fight back because we have no other choice. There is no more data that is going to convince these people. It's not data driven. It never was. You know, as I'm talking to you, I'm reminded of previous panic porns that suddenly fall silent. Remember when you were collating the data of colleges reopening last fall, late summer? Oh, I got up to a, yeah, I got up to 140,000 positive tests. I stopped doing this. I was doing this directly. Um, I, I, I found one that was dubious because it wasn't officially confirmed by a medical examiner. I found, no, I, outside of my sample, I found some other reports 
I could not find some of which sounded, I would say, I would give them the benefit of the doubt in these reports. They, they had a degree of plausibility. I could not find a single one, including that now iconic, um, you know, uh, uh, defensive lineman, uh, Jermaine Stevens Jr., whose father had played in the NFL for the Steelers. You know, they, they, they never released the autopsy finding on, on this poor kid. And, um, you know, he was a morbidly obese kid. He was very athletic, but he was a morbidly obese kid. And there could have been other complications that this kid had. As a matter of fact, his mother even sort of intimated on one of these morning shows, uh, Good Morning America or whatever, you know, that, that he had been on a, on, on, on a, s- a severe diet. Who knows? Who knows? But all I can tell you is that 140,000 positive tests, 15 hospitalizations, 15 hospitalizations, one potential death, although it was Guillain-Barre, this ascending paralysis syndrome that rarely develops with, with viral infections, but has other etiologies. It's always it's always sort of a diagnosis of exclusion. Um, who knows? This kid could have admit, been administered a drug that could cause that reaction. But, you know, if that was a truly bona fide death, I mean, there's, there's, there's one, this is, this is, you know, summer through the fall semester, you know, and then the break. 140,000 positive tests, 15 hospitalizations, maybe, maybe one bona fide death. Um, I, I mean, this is it's it, it's extraordinarily low risk for these kids. Extraordinarily yep. low. Yep. Risk. And and it and it just doesn't matter. And that's why we're going to need brute force. We're going to talk about this next week. How to get engaged in po- politically? We have all the science on our side. We have the law on our side. The Constitution, more importantly. But doctor, I want to really move towards something else that's very important. Um. You put this out, I think, maybe before I left, and I forgot to circle back. A lot of people ask about Asia. Well, you know, they, they seem to get it right. Um, you put something out about Singapore. Could you explain what did and didn't go on there that speaks to the success in, in mitigating the virus? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know about this, and it was again written by by a by a Brit who does a lot of business in Singapore, and then he researched it, um, and uh, apparently they were they were super aggressive in uh, in in isolating and protecting and 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 quarantining their uh, elder care uh, population in 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 Singapore. And and this was not something that others had had emphasized. That you know, now there were other there were other plausible things. You know, maybe maybe they had a lot of residual community immunity from from uh, SARS-CoV-1. Uh, you know, um, it's kind of it's kind of a police state. You know, uh, but but I was it it, it it struck me that that they had uh, re- really done and it, it wasn't done. It, it didn't seem to be to be done. In, in, in any sort of a cruel fashion, uh, they, they 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 just uh, accommodated the 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 um, those that were sick from the uh, from the elder uh, care facilities uh, in a very humane way and separated them and cared for them, but but did it early and very very aggressively, and that's where they focused their testing too. They 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 weren't that big on mass testing the population. They focused their testing in those that were sick and and. It, you know, I don't know if it accounted for ev- for everything, um, but you know, it struck me as 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 that it was an example of one of these targeted uh, policies that that um, that you know hadn't been emphasized. Where do you think this ends? I mean, is there any 
Do you see any pushback in sight? That's what everyone keeps asking me. I think everyone who is sane understands that this is not going to end on its own, but people are really very confused about what to do. Well, I, I just saw, I don't know if you saw this, Dan. Um, I, saw, I thought this was very interesting. A bill apparently has been, um, has been put forth uh, in, the, uh, in the General Assembly in the state of Tennessee. And it's called the Medical Non-Discrimination Business and Consumer Act. And basically what the bill is designed to do is to protect both businesses and consumers from mass discrimination and retribution. And the argument is, is that, um, uh, the, the, so this is sort of a generic statement that the, that the, um, that the, uh, uh, the people promoting the bill have, have, have asked to go out to their representatives, et cetera. It says, this bill uh, protects my customers from discrimination and vigilantism. My customers are the lifeblood of my business and as such deserve the right to have access to services without fear of repercussion. I, as a business owner, also deserve freedom from lawsuits for a disease which I am completely incapable of stopping and I need protection against the power of cancel culture. And what it's asking is, is basically that they not be penalized, they not be required to enforce mask mandates, and they not be penalized if, if either their employees or the people attending their, their businesses decide they don't want to wear masks. And that's in the ADA, it's in OSHA, it's in all of our regulations that you can't discriminate against someone and say, oh, you're diseased, especially when prima facie, there's no concern that you do have that disease. Um, yeah, we're going to have to bring an end to this, but keep up the good work. People could find your work at Andrew Bostom on Twitter. Um, again, Dr. Andy Bostom of Brown University. He's also part of our terrific team at rationalground.com. Uh, Dr. Bostom, keep us updated and have a terrific weekend. And folks, we will talk more about that bill that Dr. Bostom mentioned in Tennessee it's HB 794, SB 320 in Tennessee, the Medical Non-Discrimination Business and Consumer Act. This is key because part of the problem we have is, thankfully, there are some states where the governors are pushing back, being pressured to release their mandates. So now I think we have 12 states without a statewide mandate, but we still have all the localities and we still have the private businesses. And again, I'm not going to be one to stand back and allow us to be subjugated to North Korea-style tyranny because somehow, oh, businesses could do what they want when we, when we have a business, you can't do what you want. Oh, my business can't open because of COVID, but your business could violate every discrimination law by a mile. Look, I'm very much, you have a business, you could do what you want, but if we're going to regulate people under ADA and OSHA with very draconian affirmative steps that you have to take. You have to take a lot of active steps to accommodate people. Certainly, you can't force someone to take a step against their body for just breathing. I'm sorry. You can't say you have to walk in buck naked. You can't say you have to walk in with a plastic bag over your head or duct tape over your mouth. This has to end at some point. Again, I, I said this at front sight, my speech, I'm going to say it again. If we get kidnapped and thrown, a thrown in a dungeon, I'm not going to sit and say, 
well, I'm a doctrinal type of guy and I'm principled. I'm not going to break a window to get out. No, I'm not going to randomly smash a window because I'm upset and act like the left does. But I do have the obligation and the right and the responsibility to do everything I can to evacuate from the quandary that you put me in to begin with, which was unlawful, immoral, and a crime against humanity. So that's what we're going to work on with ConAction.network. Sign up on your state. I'm looking a lot at Oklahoma, North Dakota. There's a lot of good legislation flying around, a lot of bait and switch that leadership in each state legislature is doing. But there are a lot of opportunities to grow this constitutional sanctuary movement and we're going to do that. We have a lot of data to draw upon. We have the rational ground folks. We need foot soldiers to push the intellectual data so we could actually get lead on the target. And yes, folks, given that we were shooting all week, I am going to be offering you a lot of funky uh, shooting analogies in the coming days before I get it out of my system until our next trip out to front sight. But as always, make sure to subscribe to the show at iTunes. Please leave me a five-star review. It does matter. It helps get more advertisers, helps get more listeners. The more listeners we get, the more influence we could have, the more people we could organize into our new Constitution Action Network. Really looking forward to a, getting back to a full week next week. We're going to be pedal to the metal, fight for liberty. Folks, have a terrific weekend. Stay informed. Stay armed, and may God bless y'all.